0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here along with Pastor Martins of South Africa and we're going to be continuing our series on comparing the migrations of European refugees, uh, Christian refugees fleeing the strife between Catholic and Protestant and the tyrannical overlordship that both the The British uh, Anglican Church and the Roman Catholic Church had foisted, and there might have been a few others (laughs) doing the same thing, but it was primarily those two empires that drove God-fearing and honest Christians away from Europe into America and South Africa. The uh, history of our two nations are very, very similar and have a common thread, don't you think, Pastor Martins?
1: Yes, good evening, Pastor Eli, and also good evening to our listeners across the globe. Uh, yes, I might uh, just add, I had arrived only minutes before the um, the, the intro music started. Okay. Uh, I arrived home from the farm where we're busy migrating to. Okay, you're um, still migrating. Yes. <laughs> we're immigrating from, this, from the town to the right, farm. Right, right. And uh, I must say that, uh, um, Pastor, you're perfectly right in in that um, uh, persecution has been part of the house of Jacob ever since the days of uh, Esau. Amen. I mean, uh, J- Jacob was fleeing Esau for his life, and uh, even after the uh, after Esau and his um, three wives and children and his uh, Mm-hmm. Um, his, his uh, herds herds of cattle etc had gone to uh, the mountains of Syria they uh, he still continued or his descendants continued to persecute and uh, pursue the right. descendants of Jacob yes it's been the story of our life yeah well even though they and,
0: were our servants for many generations actually including and up to the uh Napoleonic wars Jews have been yes. servants of uh our royal families and uh but always with the view of taking over and undermining and overthrowing us which they have succeeded in the modern world back to you
1: yes sposta in fact um Just shortly after the visitation of the angel, I went in search of what were, uh, because the angel named um, the Edomite Kazarians, or the Edomite Kazarian Cape Dutch. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know at the time what the Edomite Kazarians were, so I started uh, research on um, what the Edomite Kazarians were, and I. Uh, spent quite a number of nights going through and perusing the various websites available about the Edomites and websites about the Kazarians. but the time I could, uh, I battled to find until I found a particular website which very clearly indicated how the um, how Esau with his wives and children migrated to. Uh, uh, into uh, the vicinity of Babylon, how they intermarried with the descendants of Nimrod, hmm. and how they established, and while well, they um, migrated from Babylon, the ba- environs of Babylon, they migrated to the current day um, Krim um, Peninsula, okay. which of course is bordering the Black Sea, and uh, how they established the Gazarian Empire, and how the the uh, Eskenazi, uh, they also uh, integrated with the Iskanazis, but the Eskenazis uh, always uh, were the the um, the underdogs of the Kazarians. Okay, and then a very good description of the Kazarian, the Edomite Kazarians, how they, um, they it is the the people on the earth that has the greatest ability to integrate. Yeah. To assimilate and to, uh, in and fact, overtake yes. any other nation on the planet, which yeah, by they pre- have already done.
0: By pretending to be uh, cousins relations or and ultimately becoming the leaders of those nations. And the those nations don't even suspect that uh, a completely different race of people, a race of parasites, has taken over their country. They don't even suspect it. Yes, exactly. It. Uh-huh.
1: That's, uh, that's, I mean, there are, go, go there are many Boers today that don't understand the difference between the Cape Dutch Afrikaners and the Boers. Um, and and uh, I've spent this past two days actually um, relying um, hours and hours of information to um, our Boer people on the, on the um, farm, in, in our uh, little community that we have, and we've had visitors from outside the community as well, uh-huh. and these these people are in in awe about the the way in which the Boers have been misled and right. being um, lied to and deceived by the Kazerian Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Now, um, we we spend quite a bit of time on on. Um, sharing the information which uh, of course is, is merely just skimming the surface right of what the true implications and the true depth of the deception by the Edomite Kaians are actually actually right. are uh, not just in South Africa we see that they uh, their uh, the modus operandi is repeated uh, and has been repeated from the well for the past 50 generations. Because what they did with the Boers in South Africa, these Edomites, also did with the house of Yahuda, Mm -hmm. uh, of course, the the two southern tribes. They also did the same thing with America, the United States of America. Uh, They also did the same thing with the United States of Britain. Okay. because, Because one of the traits of the Edomites is... Uh, of course, the unification and the union of whatever they can unify right. into a, a massive... A commercial, uh, a commercial trade
0: organization.
1: <laughs> exactly. Now, yeah. Now, they use various means to do that, to achieve their aims. They use religion. They use, for example, the translation or the misinterpretation and the mistranslation of scriptures... And then also they use politics. Yes. Of course, they use other things like trade and uh, uh, control of the banks and uh, usury, etc. They they use right. every means that they can to undermine and eventually control every person of on the planet. Right. Right. As we see with the lockdowns as well.
0: Yes. Well, on this, this morning's bloodlines, I basically put in outline form the history of the Geneva Bible and how it was created by expatriate Britons, Englishmen, who were being persecuted even before Bloody Mary, the Roman Catholic. Uh, the, the dissent against the Anglican Church was not tolerated. Uh, dissent no. against the Roman Catholic Church was not tolerated. Both of those institutions persecuted uh, Christians who were reading the scriptures for themselves and coming to different conclusions about the authenticity, you know, what the Bible is really teaching compared to those two institutions. That's still going on today, right? We in identity are still fighting those two institutions, the Protestant movement and the Catholic Church, for their heresies.
1: Exactly. Hmm? Um, Well, um, I would want to single out the Calvinism as most probably the most... Dangerous of all of these because in the way in which they had enforced Calvinism all across the globe, wherever the Dutch East Indian Company operated, they enforced Calvinism and murdered most probably a few million mm-hmm. people who refused to become Calvinists.
0: Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. And Calvin, Calvin was actually reigning in Geneva at the time. But he, appar- he apparently did not have much to do with the composition or translation of the Geneva Bible. He, all he did was write an introduction to it, and he, uh, which he actually uh, p- composed 20 years earlier for a different purpose. So Calvin was no. really not involved in the creation of the Geneva Bible, which is the Bible that the, American pilgr- or the European pilgrims brought with them to America, not the KJV. Okay. Most, uh, most Christians yeah. don't even know that, right? But again, the, yeah. the similarity between the Boer people leaving Europe for the exact same reason that the pilgrims left Europe for America. I mean, you, you yeah. cannot, you cannot mistake. That's the reason why. Because number one, they wanted liberty to think for themselves and not be told what yeah. to think by some corrupt king or bureaucrat, okay, yeah. or priest or, or pope. And uh, and then reading the Bible for themselves, they realized that a lot of what the Catholic Church had told them about the Bible wasn't true. There weren't any sacraments. <laughs> there weren't any sacraments in the, in the Bible. Uh, there weren't any. Peter Peter was never a first pope of Rome, etc., etc. So our yeah. eyes are continually being opened, even today, about these things. Back to you.
1: Yes, Pastor. In fact, the Boers... Uh, brought the Dutch Staten Bible with them. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, okay. W- which, of course, was greatly influenced by Calvin himself. Okay. Uh, in fact, it is um, uh, inundated with Calvin's um, own interpretations of the Scriptures. And uh, one of the things which, uh, of course, is very important is that the Staten Bible that was... Um, that was used by many of the Boers, did contain the name of Father Yahweh. Okay. But with a J, J-A-H-W-E. In other words, not the complete um, spelling as J-H-W-H, but without mm. the, well, they, for some reason, they dropped the last H. Okay. But it wasn't, also it wasn't used 6,828 times In the translation of the Staten Bible, it was only used, I think, four times. But in the footnote, they did say that the true name of uh, the Almighty was Yahweh, but that they substituted that for Yerah, which, of course, is Lord, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: that um, uh, because of their fear of um, using the name of Yahweh in vain.
0: Yeah, which Uh, they picked up from the Jews. That's Jewish influence.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now you must remember that um, Holland was inundated by the Sephardic Jews that were expelled from uh, the the from Spain and in, in 1492 and right. in, uh, Well, they were expelled from Portugal, I think in 1495. And so many of these Sephardic Jews then became um, citizens of Amsterdam in particular. And, of course, with the uh, joining or the, um, uh, the, the, for the reason of obtaining the financial contributor or the financial, uh, uh, the financial uh, participant in the Dutch East Indian Company, mm-hmm. the state church of the Netherlands, uh, being Calvinists, so many of these Sephardic Jews became Calvinists, um Sephardic Jews okay and and we we've mentioned it before the so-called conversos they were called conversos by the Spanish but they were called new christians by the dutch so <laughs> you're right you, right you, you can see in the way in which the the names were used as well uh that there was always this dualism in terms of the interpretation of whatever they 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 intended, or whatever they were, mm-hmm. uh, always this dualism. Uh, they weren't just Jews, they were Sephardic Jews. But being Sephardic Jews, how to become a Sephardic Jew, you had to be a Ashkenazi or a Kazarian Jew first. Okay, so, well,
0: uh, yeah. my, my understanding, let, let's get it, uh, your characterization of the Khazarian Jews, Ashkenazi Jews that you just mentioned is uh, perfectly accurate because the the Edomite slash Hittite uh, or the original Sephardic Jews migrated up to that territory and taught the Khazars the religion called Judaism Okay, which is not the religion of the Bible but the Edomites and the Hittites, Esau the first Edomite, married two Hittite women and uh, yes. a, a Sheilaite woman, you know, Sheila today is the Arab people. So yes. so we see that, the, fact,
1: the, yeah, go ahead. In fact, the, the uh, Sheilaite, um, uh, Ishmael, mm-hmm. uh, she was the, the granddaughter of Ishmael, which made um, uh, M- Mahalat was her name. Um, so Mahalat was in fact his first cousin. Okay. Oh, sorry, his second cousin. All right. Okay. So it's almost
0: incest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, almost incest. So there's a close relationship between the Ashkenazis and the uh and the
1: Sephardi, Sephardi Nazis. <laughs> That uh, well more, more go, between the Sephardic sorry more between the Ashkenazi and the um and the Kazarians because they were very closely related. Yeah, and they and have the most and Hittite blood. In all the yeah. same period of time,
0: right? They have the, but, their connection is the Hittite blood, which was extant in Turkey, you know, uh, ever since the olden days. Okay, it,
1: well, Asconauts was a, a descendant of uh, the house of, in ja- fact, of uh, I think it was um, Japheth, Japheth, um, uh, Japheth,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, not, they were not yeah. Shemites. Okay, At least Esau Esau could be said to be a Shemite in origin, but he basically gave up his Shemitic status when he married into the Kenite line, producing the Canaanite, uh, you know, uh, uh, Edomite people. Okay?
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing how these uh, dots all fit together. Once you start seeing the bigger picture... And you behold the dots and you find that by doing a bit of research, all these dots can be tied together. And you can find, for example, the migration patterns of the descendants of the house of Esau through Babylonia, through the um, the Republic of Caesarea, eventually um, uh, bastardizing or... Uh, um, what, what do you call it? Muskegination with the Eskenazis, right? Um, moving into Europe, uh, becoming Sephardic Jews because they uh, they had moved all the way to Iberia for the purpose of uh, trading as Spanish and Portuguese traders. Of course, what they did find was um, the the Mongols and the Ottomans. The Ottomans. Uh, closed the overland trading route between Europe and Asia. So they had to find an alternative and that was when they uh, decided to become Sephardic Jews. Well, they didn't become uh, they didn't decide to become Sephardic Jews. They decided to move to uh, Spain Spain and Portugal to have access to the harbors so that they can make use of the route around the Cape to the Far East. Mm -hmm. And As you mentioned, the Sephardic Jews were called Sephardic Jews because of the word which was used in the prophecy of Obadiah, of the Sephardim, which uh, uh, inundated or overtook the cities Mm -hmm. of the land of the south.
0: Yeah, and they were never farmers. The Edomites were never farmers, neither were the Ashkenazim, although possibly to some extent the Khazar people were farmers, at least herdsmen uh, but uh, yeah. uh, the, the Jews themselves have always been city people okay, and exploiting yes. the, uh, the farmers and cattle ranchers around them uh, through yeah. you know, economic means okay, so uh, exactly. from this article here, the British Empire General Historical Overview the English expansion began relatively late compared to other European nations like Spain and France In fact, when the British founded the first permanent colony in Jamestown, 1607, the French had already settled in Canada. One reason for that was the late development of the necessary navigation skills. Uh, That's interesting Mm -hmm. because we always think of the British Navy as being the the biggest and most powerful in history, but it wasn't yet. One reason for that was the late development of the necessary navigation skills. Colonization was started not, necessarily for expansion but rather for trade finding Correct. yeah finding uh, but this trade was directed by jews not, not, not by the british exactly. right finding new the, the products of, yeah go ahead
1: the jews of holland were in fact in competition with the jews in britain the jews in france okay and and also the Jews that remained in Spain who had become Roman Catholicized <laughs> right. <laughs> you must remember that Jews they would have done anything. So many of the Jews had become Roman Catholics in in, um, in name in, in name, but right they, they had always practiced the Kabbalist uh, jewism wherever they went. That's right. on the on the surface, they were Christian. On the back, they were still reading the Talmud and uh, right. following Zionism.
0: Yeah, and practicing their witchcraft, <laughs> their sorcery. The witchcraft, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's uh, that sorcery is both medical, and economic, and religious. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, they're already doing all three of those in those days. Okay. Finding new yeah. products was a motivation. Another one, like uh, like uh, coffee, tobacco, sugar, right? Another one was the search for freedom of religious minorities, which could not be achieved in Britain. And uh, a lot of Brits uh, listening to our shows uh, forget that Britain was not has not always been the land of freedom of expression or freedom of religion. In fact, it still is not today. They don't have a First Amendment, and uh, like we do. Right. Okay. Also, emigrants were looking for a generally better life when the population as well as the unemployment was increasing in Britain. Now, why was unemployment increasing in Britain?
1: Because of the Jewry.
0: That's right. Monopolization of trade. You but know,
1: not just that. They were bringing in east Jews into Britain in exactly the same way as um, uh, the Cape Dutch Afrikaners started... Uh, with black economic empowerment in South Africa where whites were already expelled from their positions uh, or their working positions mm-hmm. by the whites, by the right. Um in favor of black, favorite, well, they had a favoritism for blacks. And that already occurred before the the 1994 elections. In fact, even Hendrik for Wurt he made a speech in 1956. Now, hear how far this goes back. Yeah. Wherein he made a speech in Mtata in the Transcai about the establishment of black economic empowerment right. by Hendrik French for the, the one who was so calledly the father of apartheid in South Africa. But he was the father of black economic empowerment. Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so we're seeing that uh, behind all of these movements, not necessarily behind, behind the economic incentive are always the international Jews. But the migrations yes. of the white people from Europe is always motivated by freedom of religion. Always. Yes. Okay.
1: The, the, well, that was the motivation of the uh, descendants of the house of Jacob. Yeah, absolutely. But, but it was, the it were the Jews Who utilized, for example, the the Dutch Reformed Church to establish the church state Mm -hmm. so that they could control the people in the countries in which they traded. It was a matter of control and a dominion by the Jews of those people.
0: Well, the same thing happened in your country with the Dutch uh, Re- Reformed Church in South Africa, right? It was exactly the same exactly. motivation. Yeah. And the uh, Anglican Church here in America, but that only took hold in the colony of Virginia. Yeah. Catholicism took hold in the colony of Maryland, but everywhere else it was pretty much a free-for-all in terms of you know, the residents or the emigrants from Europe. Practice a variety of different Christian religions uh, independent of any hierarchy of the Roman Catholic Church or the Anglican Church, which, in my opinion, was the best thing, <laughs> right? Uh, Christians yeah. uh, uh, talking amongst themselves and uh, determining what the scripture really means as opposed to being dictated to by some uh, hierarchical denomination like Roman Catholicism or Anglicanism or or the many others we have today, okay? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, well, Pastor, um, most of or many of the uh, immigrants into the um, new world, which was, of course, America, had already become Protestantized uh, because they immigrated even from places like Switzerland, Mm-hmm. Um, they emigrated from even from Italy yeah. via the ports of of Holland. They uh, uh, because they were being persecuted by the Roman Catholicism, so they couldn't go further south. For example, to Venice to to travel uh, to the New World from Venice because Venice was inundated by the Roman Catholics
0: mm-hmm. and
1: the Jews, right? <laughs>
0: Yes, yes. The, the article continues. Uh, uh, and, oh, uh, religious minorities founded important colonies in America, like the Pilgrims in Plymouth, 1620, the Catholics in Maryland, 1632, or the Quakers in Pennsylvania, 1681. In other parts of the world, expansion started as well in 1599 1600 that was the publication of the geneva bible 1599 the east yeah. india trading company was founded here the first, so it appears from if once we know that the jews are always lurking in the background they were already preparing to follow the emigrants <laughs> to their destinations exactly. to sell them jewish jewish uh, goods yeah uh, that's always and then also providing them with a fake state religion that would ensure that they adhered to the crown whether it was the dutch crown or the british crown or whatever crown right the catholic crown yeah. the jews are always there ready ready and willing to do commerce with these hard working farmers of the white race and to exploit yeah. us and to steal from us yeah wherever we go that, that's that's how the Jews operate, okay, so yeah. here was the first motivation the the by the East India Trading Company was trade. India was viewed as the door to the far east during the sixteenth century. The British managed to expand over the Indian continent even though they started with only a few trading posts. So they established a dominating position and fought back the Portuguese and the Dutch. They founded the city of Madras. In, they, the East Indian Company, founded Company. the city of, of Madras in 1639. Yeah. I thought that was an Indian city. <laughs> Purchased Bombay from the Portuguese in 1661 and in 1690 founded the city of Calcutta. Amazing. Yeah. We, I, I always thought those were Indian cities. Now I'm finding out they were started by the East India Company. Whether it's Dutch East India Company or British East India Company doesn't seem to matter. And of course, your country, South Africa was the in-between point, the stopover place between you know
1: Europe and the Far East. Exactly. Well, it was the by- bypass point at that stage because it was only in 1652 that the um, the halfway station was, or the midway station was established in the Cape. But they did pass around the Cape to um, get to India. But um, something else as well, uh, The as you stated, it, it didn't matter whether it be the Dutch East Indian Company or the British East Indian Company, because both those companies were established by Sephardic Jews.
0: Right. Right. With the same economic... Uh, uh, how should I, voraciousness <laughs> that the jews yeah. always possess wherever they go the the, yes. the the drive to monopolize trade and freeze out the very people who d- uh, create the products that they trade yes okay yes so we're always being exploited by them and uh, you know obviously this article doesn't mention them but that's why we're discussing uh this topic here is to fill in the blanks because the, yes. you know, the East India Company, whatever they don't even say which which country it was from, uh, was run yes. by Jews, started by Jews. Okay,
1: a very important aspect about um, uh, the the Dutch East Indian Company or the British East Indian Company was the Dutch India East Indian Company's relationship with the Arabs, because the Arabs had established a uh, concentration a, a, a method of extraction of the poppy seeds in such Mm -hmm. a way that they could produce a very high uh, opium of a very high quality in terms of uh, an instant, um, you instantly hooked. And this was one of the Dutch East Indian Company's strongest points of, or the most aggressive points in which they, had used opium to make slaves, enslave millions of people mm-hmm. across the, the Far East.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and that trade still goes on today. It's still run by the same people, right? Although you'll exactly. never, you'll never hear that from mainstream media because that's owned by the Jews as well, right? So we're exactly. we're, we're filling in the blanks here, folks, and uh, demonstrating that. Wherever we go, whatever nations we found, the Jews are always right behind us. uh, An overlooked passage, everybody refers to Genesis 3.15, but let me quote momentarily here Genesis 3.14, which talks about how these people will follow us around. And Yahweh Elohim said unto the serpent, that's Nahash, the one who impregnated Eve and created the race of Cain, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. What dust? Our dust. The dust of the people they chase around the world. Because, you know, the farmers putting up dust. The industrialists, the carpenters, the bricklayers, our people, the industrious ones. And then they exploit the dust by turning it into a monopoly. Yeah. Okay, and well, then go the, Even the go ahead.
1: scriptures, even the scriptures that the Edomites had um, uh, hijacked from the house of Jacob, even the scriptures are made a, um, a an item of trade, because, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they, with their continuous new translations, they ensure that there is always a demand for Bibles because. The, the previous version of the Bible had become obsolete with the, with the publication of the newest one and the translation of the newest one because they, they have a tremendous scheme that newer methods of translation has been found or newer scriptures right. and newer manuscripts have been found. Yeah. Uh, which, which are more authentic than the previous ones, right. which is all, of course, a massive big a lie. A sham. And they also publish
0: the anti-Bible books, you know, such as they turn them into movies, denying the divinity of Christ, you know. So they, they work both sides.
1: Exactly. And, and uh, also, of course, uh, the Talmud is a book that continues to grow the Talmud being updated daily with um, inflammation against the truth, against the house of Jacob. Um, Yes. Mm -hmm. It's it's just amazing how these people operate. But once you see, once you, you discover the way in which they operate, it's so easy to find their traces and their agendas and their conspiracies across wherever they went. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, I find this article to be in great agreement with, with, with what you've been teaching on this subject because I was really not aware of you – know, I knew that the uh, East India Company of either Dutch or British origin was uh, trading in opium and uh, was responsible for the opium wars in China, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I didn't yeah. know the extent and the, the power that they had just by trade, even before – they uh, invited the British military in to defend their trading operations. And this is what people don't understand. The British military presence in India and China was all at the behest of these two Jewish trading companies. Correct. Okay. that
1: was true for for the whole of the Far East, because um, if if you look at the way in which they murdered uh, literally hundreds of thousands of local inhabitants of Mm -hmm the Indonesian islands, and even places like Jakarta, was inundated with the Jews um, establishing what is written in the Indonesian history books as the Dutch East Indian Company's Inquisition. Yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, this general overview, and this uh, we, we're demonstrating here how much information is lacking when you don't consider the Jewish origin of these trading companies. Uh, To continue here, okay. During the 16th century, the British managed to expand over the Indian continent, even though they started with only a few trading posts. So they established a dominating position and fought back the Portuguese and the Dutch. Even though all three nations, uh, their, their Far East trading companies were run by Jews, the, yes. None of this is mentioned in this in this article. They founded, as I yes. just mentioned, they founded three cities, Madras, Bombay, and Calcutta. And Calcutta. Yeah. Th- through, through the 18th century, the main enemy was France. But in 1757, Robert Clive achieved a victory which gained the British to rule over Bengal. The French influence decreased, and a few years later, their position was reduced to a few trading posts, and therefore soon became... Meaningless. Well, the same thing happened here in the Americas. The French, the Spanish, and the British were all fighting against each other over territory here as well. But what the historians fail to point out that all of this warfare was motivated by Jewish monopolists of these various exactly. trading. Yeah, because the uh, Jamestown was founded by the British, so-called West India <laughs> Company. <laughs> Which was another Jewish operation. Yeah. Okay. But one
1: of the Caribbean islands was um, actually overrun by the Dutch East Indian Company, and they established that particular island. I'd forgotten what the name was. Manhattan. They established that as a as yeah. a hub, right, from where all the trade all the trade was. Yeah. Was done or executed under the noses of the Spanish and the British <laughs> right. and the Portuguese. Yeah, New Amsterdam. As, yeah. Yes. Yeah, New Amsterdam. Also today
0: known, it was a Dutch Jewish ghetto. Today known as Wall Street in New York City, right? Yeah. So even the Dutch, uh, even the Dutch expansion was motivated by Jewish money and Jewish traders. Okay, so uh, absolutely. yeah, right, and so the history books only talk about the nations and their kings and their and their armies. Never ever mention the real merchants the behind
1: the thrones. Never mention. Yes. Okay. But so there was, there was also. Um, if you look at the history of the uh, Dutch East Indian Company and the British East Indian Company, as well as the Spanish traders in the Far East and also the Portuguese traders, it's amazing how there well, were wars waged between the vessels themselves. If they found, for example, a Spanish ship, they would actually uh, um, they would be like pirates Against the Spanish ship, stealing all the goods on the ship, and uh, um, um, mm-hmm. well, uh, sinking the Spanish ship so that it would seem as if it had floundered. Right, but uh, and also, of course, killing the Sp- Spaniards. But the reason for this was, in fact, because the Dutch, having been um, expelled from Spain, they had this this vindication, or this rather this they wanted to um, revenge. Repay. Yeah, they wanted, the Jews the expelled wanted
0: revenge against absolutely. the white Christian world. They're always motivated by revenge. This is what people don't understand. It's Esau seeking revenge against Jacob. This is what motivates the Jewish people against us.
1: Yes, our, absolutely.
0: Our, our pulpits do not mention this at all. Have, our, uh, the Judeo-Christian don't even know who Esau is.
1: Yeah. Okay? Absolutely.
0: This is how poor in Bible study the the, the vast majority of denominations are, okay? Uh, one more paragraph here. The eight, in the 18th century, the population of the British colonies in North America quickly increased from 260,000 to 2 or 3 million within a few decades, 1700 to 1770. Also, three four, to four million slaves were brought to the British colonies from Africa between eleven sixty-two and eighteen o seven. So don't blame the Americans for that. Blame the British.
1: Okay, just, just something else, Pastor. Yeah, look at look at that date, eleven sixty-two. Okay, it's difficult to it's difficult to imagine that already the slave trade. Of the blacks in Africa had already mm-hmm. started in 1162.
0: Yes, yes,
1: it's right amazing. Right, to 1807. In other words, for 700 years.
0: Yes, but nobody thinks of today of the British Empire as being a slave trading country <laughs> or empire, right? Yeah. Nobody, nobody thinks of them that way, even though they were the biggest slave traders ever. In all of history, with the possible exception of the Arabs, the Muslims. Okay? Yes. Because they, they um, enslaved also, millions of white people.
1: It, yeah. Good. It wasn't just the black slave trade. I mean, the Irish oh. were also slave traded by the Jews in Britain. Yes. One yes. must remember, it were not the Brightons who had um, uh, done this slave trade thing, it was the Jews that continued to slave trade. Under the names of, or the, under the name of the Britons.
0: hmm Well, yeah, the, um, the, I don't know for how long the British Empire impressed, impressment was the word they used, where they would kidnap uh, people in Britain and, and actually other countries as well. They would simply kidnap uh, civilians, sailors, yes. and other people and impress them into service for the British Navy and the British military. Uh, that, that whole that whole era is forgotten about, okay? That was one of the reasons why uh, America went to war against the British in the War of 1812, because British, the British were kidnapping Americans and uh, using them as slaves in their military, yeah. right? So the slavery of the British Empire under the domination of the Jewish merchants... Is incredible, absolutely incredible, yet nobody talks about it today. Nobody even talks about that. Okay? So, yeah, uh, yeah. so going over all this history is extremely important uh, outside of your folk (laughs) radio and the Christian identity movement. I don't know of any group that actually discusses this history. And uh, brings up its relevance to what's going on in today. So all these Africans, all these blacks who are complaining about slavery in America. Well, hold, hold on a minute. The Jews owned the ships <laughs> that brought the Africans yes. to America, right? They owned the trading companies that did all the trade with them, uh, you know, trinkets trinkets for right. African slaves, right? And there's a British Empire who was primarily responsible, more than any other country, that for bringing the black slaves to America. It wasn't the American people. It was them, the The, the British.
1: The Dutch East Indian Company was very uh, or greatly responsible for the slave trade uh, in the Indian Ocean and um, uh, between Africa and the Far East and also Bengal. Right. Uh, Even places like um, today's Sri Lanka, which uh, was Ceylon, uh, and also India, because in South Africa there are quite a number of Indians, uh, mm-hmm. a, a vast, um, yeah. a vast number of Indians, and uh, of course down in the Cape we have a vast um, established community of people from Malaysia.
0: Okay. And Portuguese, you still have surviving Portuguese community. I was astonished at how many different ethnic groups are uh, flourish in South Africa. It's almost like America, right? Pointing to more similarities. Yeah. Where uh, and of course throughout history, these groups have remained ethnically separate, segregated from one another, as it should be. Okay? But they shouldn't be living in our countries. It's the Jews who are responsible for bringing them into our countries, as is the case in South Africa.
1: Uh, Past the years, just something interesting, or or of particular interest, was the fact that um, after the the Anglo-Boer War, the Second Anglo-Boer War, the Boers were so... um, Uh, impoverished that they, uh, because of so many farms, more than 42,000 farms that had been burned down and townhouses burned down by um, the um, scorched earth policy. Mm -hmm. Of course the scorched earth policy was also instigated and enticed by the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Uh, Sir Alfred Milner was just the one who signed the final um, instructions um, but it was the Cape Dutch Afrikaners who enticed it and suggested it, and uh, of course that was also executed by Cape Dutch Afrikaners in in many yeah. um, uh, instances. Yes. But yeah. the Boers, having been impoverished because of their farms burned down, all their property, their animals dead mm-hmm. uh, or stolen by the Cape Dutch and in many cases sold to the British um, garrisons, But um, at the end of the day, these Boers, having been impoverished, had become uh, slaves to the Cape Dutch. Yes. Virtual slaves, because they were the ones that were the rock breakers and the tunnel diggers uh, for the railway lines and the bridges and the dams and even in the mines doing the hard labor. Right. Eating our dust, (laughs) right? Coal dust too. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Excuse me. And then the Boers were sent off to fight in the first uh, first World War against their own people. Yeah, the Germans. Dutch Afrikaners' sons were were. Attending universities as an excuse not to have to go to war.
0: Yeah. So it was all
1: an orchestrated thing. Very
0: orchestrated. Okay. So now I know this is a message that is being resisted by your friends and relatives among the Boer people in South Africa. But it has to be stated very plainly. And I didn't find out about this until I came for a visit in 2014, and you explained it to yes. me, that throughout this entire history of the Cape Dutch Afrikaners and the Boer people, the Cape Dutch were actually fighting against the Boer people in secret, behind the scenes, cooperating with the British, cooperating with the Dutch, against the Boer people, and but have been masquerading as your friends throughout this entire yes. period. Is that not how this... Go ahead. Should be seen.
1: It's... it's it's. I think the right word is collusion. Okay. They colluded, they colluded with the Freemasonry and with the Jewry. Now, the difference between an Edomite-Kazarian Cape dutch Afrikaner, is the fact that the Cape dutch Afrikaners, being Jews had become Christianized. Okay. Or they had become Calvinists. Right. For the sake of the Dutch East Indian Company. And the Jews remained... The, the, okay. In, uh, they remained as Jews. Um, of course, with the religion set on Zionism. Right. So, okay. They colluded. Yes. They colluded with the Freemasons and the Zionist Jews to eradicate, in fact, to exterminate the Boers. That brings up a question. I'm glad
0: you brought up Calvin again, because in my in my opinion. Calvin was instituted by the Jews in order to divert the Lutheran Reformation and convert it to the Calvinist Reformation, which is, in other words, Jewish-inspired. Is that how you see it as well, that Calvin was essentially hired by a hired hand of the Jews to defuse the Protestant Reformation, the Lutheran Reformation, and turn it back toward Jewish motives. Would you agree?: Of uh,
1: course Yes, um, I, I cannot read or I don't read any way where the Lutherans had um, murdered people, right. for the sake of expanding their religious, uh, their right. religion. But there were also another group called Anabaptists. Mm-hmm. Now, Calvin also intended to counter, shall I rather say John Cohen? Yes. Also, also intended to counter the Anabaptists who, of course, were, were uh, baptizing people who had become uh, believers in the Messiah. Okay. So he he continued with the christening of people, and that is also one of the things which Michael Servetus had pointed out to him. How can he say that he had broken away from the Roman Catholic Church if he still does the yeah, christening. christening of babies, yeah. if he still does the catechisms, of, yeah. which were very clearly indicated in the Roman Catholic yeah. Church, which he merely continued with?
0: Right, sprinkling the heads of babies who can't repent, not of age, and the word baptismo yeah. in the Greek means to immerse. You can't immerse, that's yeah, right. and you can't immerse a child with uh, with repentance. <laughs> yeah, that that's, yeah. so another yeah. it's another Catholic heresy, which now if you oppose Catholicism, they call you a heretic,
1: right? Back to you. Yeah. But just something of interest is in the Greek Orthodox Church they actually do submerge the baby when they so-called oh. baptize the baby because they do understand the meaning of baptism by being submerged. <laughs> right. So they submerge the babies, but they, it's, it's just a replacement for the christening of the babies. That's
0: right. That's right. Yeah, because uh, no, infants aren't capable of repentance, right? The only people in the Bible exactly. that were baptized were adults. That's, yeah. that's the only people. So, again, so both groups are wrong, but at least the Greeks are, are, uh, are true to the meaning of the word baptismo, right? We can say that much for the that's Greeks, right. right? Okay. All right. So, but that, uh, yeah, so uh, that's essentially, I think, what we in Identity have concluded that Calvin was an agent of the Jews in order to subvert the, the Lutheran Reformation. Yeah, Go ahead.
1: In fact, there was a Jewish conference, I think, in Paris in 1910, wherein they actually, as as one of the publications that came out of the Paris uh, uh, Convention of the Jews, they actually clearly state that they sponsored Jean Cohen right. to form or to formulate the Calvinistic.
0: aha uh, uh-huh.
1: okay. Can. Can yes. one call it a religion? Or well, can one perhaps call it a sect? Uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, well, a sect.
0: Yeah, for in sure.
1: In many instances, one could rather point to the Calvinism as a type of disease like cancer. Yes,
0: yes, right? Okay. Even though most people think it's a true Protestant movement. when it's not. It's, it's, a, not. Juda- it's a Judaized version of Lutheranism. Is what it is. Yeah, it's Judaized and version in, of it. Yeah.
1: In, in in some of the history books of the Far East, they actually refer to South Africa as the only remaining bastion or the stronghold of Calvinism in the world after yeah. the collapse of the of the Dutch East Indian Company, the VOC, which is very important, and that rise that well that raises numerous other questions, but we'll talk about that at a later stage, because that's going to take us beyond the the seven minutes remaining.
0: Okay, (laughs) one one more quotation here from this article, you know, which is a good general version of, you know, the uh, East India companies and the the British and various imperialisms of the day, you know, without any reference to the Jewish moneylenders. Okay, so... um, Uh, Back to America, when uh, in the 18th century, the population of British colonies, I talked about how the, uh, but the conflict started even after these colonies uh, began to establish themselves. Additional taxes on tea or legal documents led to discrepancies. The settlers rejected any sort of taxation, no taxation without representation, meaning the settlers did not want to pay taxes for a country where they did not live. All right, I mean... Well, what's wrong with that? I mean, we're being taxed by the UN as we speak, are we not? Okay? Even though they don't represent us in any way, shape, or form. Okay? Well, so, yeah, exactly go ahead. the
1: same with Germany.
0: Uh-huh, Germany right. Germany
1: has been taxed ever since the end of the Second World War to, yeah. as a compensation to the... For a non-existent act, (laughs) right? For a
0: non-existent act. The confrontation tightened up through the Townshend Acts or the Boston Massacre. The reaction of the settlers was, for instance, the Boston Tea Party in 1773. First battle started 1775. In 1776, the Declaration of Independence was signed. In the North American Independence War, 1776-1783, Britain had to admit defeat, and with the peace of Paris in 1783, acknowledged the independence of the colonies. The author goes on to say, "...therefore..." The British Empire focused its attention on India because they no longer had the influence in America. But India by way of what country?
1: Well, so- the Jews rather than anything else.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they had to pass by the Cape of Good Hope, <laughs> right? Or yeah. South Africa, so thereby intensifying their presence in your country. Yes. Okay. So, uh, so our loss was your gain. <laughs> okay. And yeah. India's gain, okay? So they had this huge military empire that was pretty much what America is doing today is a carbon copy of what the British Empire did under Jewish direction in those days. They wore the British people out. They have worn yeah. out your people the Boer people, and they're attempting to wear out the Americans as we speak. Folks, this is what Edom has done to the white race. Back to you.
1: Well, Pastor, it is is as if they are following a template. The modus operandi doesn't change. Only the time changes and the exact um, way in which they execute it. But it is a matter of First of all, to assimilate, then to infiltrate, and then to dominate and control. That has yes. always been their the, um, modus operandi. And once one establishes or one once identifies this, it's so easy to see the agendas as they play out. And of course, with our present-day situation, our current The current events taking place in the world today is Mm. the conclusion of these agendas into their final purpose and intents.
0: Yes, yeah, very, very interesting. Okay, Bavaria man says in the chat room, what a horrible thing I found out is that the wife of Andre Rieu, you know, the the very famous orchestra leader, uh, I think, uh, Netherlands, I think it is. Whatever country he is from, his wife is a Jew. Very sad, but but the basis for his success. Yeah. So the money that's provided for his very successful, uh, he, huge audiences he, he commands with his performances and outdoor outdoor concerts. Now, no wonder he's he's got he's got the Jews backing him, right. Yes. So, so nobody in the music business becomes a success without the Jews backing that person. That's Correct. So, so, but there but, you go. He himself is probably not Jewish, but his wife is. So, there you uh, go. Yeah.
1: Well, one of the the things there are certain uh, certain identification uh, items which he wears, which also would signify that he is a Freemason.
0: Mason. Oh, really.
1: Okay, Well,
0: Pastor, all right, I'll have to pay closer attention. <laughs> pay right?
1: closer attention to the, the, his attire. At times he wears uh, insignia, which indicates that he's a Freemason. Uh-huh. Also some of the signs that he gives.
0: Right, okay, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we think that he's preserving European heritage, but that's just uh, another selling point for Jewish products, <laughs> okay, right?
1: And Jewish prosperity.
0: Yes, exactly. They exploit every possible medium. Whatever can be sold will be sold by the Jews and monopolized by the Jews.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's the history of finance, okay? Wow, so... Uh, and only we in identity are pointing these things out. Uh, you know, there are some white nationalist groups that point this out, but they they have no concept of the conflict between Esau and Jacob, none whatsoever.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Exactly. That's where they need. Yes. To, that's where they need to be educated. All right. Okay. So this uh, comparison of uh, British, uh, I mean, uh, American. And boar history uh, shows the close relationship, how we're all being followed yeah. around the world by that devil's seed, today known as the Edomite Jews and, of course, the Ashkenazi Jews. Thank you, Pastor Martins. Yes.
1: Thank you, Pastor. Be blessed.
0: Yeah, you Praise too. Our all right. Praise that we Pass the ammunition, folks. We all see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Okay. <laughs>